Welcome to the Modern Miss Mason podcast. I'm your host, Leah Bowden, and over here we learn from, celebrate and lean into the teachings of educator Charlotte Mason, whilst focusing on how they truly impact a 21st century expression of childhood, motherhood and education. Welcome back to another Modern Miss Mason podcast. I hope you've had a great week. Um, over here in Coventry, we've had a little bit of snow for the first time this winter. The last two days, we have had a wet snowfall, which has brought much delight to many, many children in this area. Kids have been sledging in the park this morning, and I do know it's difficult for people who find it hard to get around as well. But Uh, It is now all gone. (laughs) I sit here looking at blue sky and the buds on the trees and the evergreens are very green. So it didn't last very long, but it was winter's last push here. And um, it was fun while it lasted. Well, this week I have definitely been paying attention to birdsong in my garden. And as I've been walking in the mornings around the park, I can hear um, earlier and earlier Um, blackbirds, robins, blue tits, great tits. And just a few days ago, I was sat in my office, our little schoolroom, and even with the windows closed, I could hear a very, very loud bird song. And I thought, there's a bird, must be one right outside my window. And, And there was, right outside my window, sat a bold male great tit singing away, And so I captured it for you. I thought, you know what? My podcast audience will love to hear this. So here, we're going to pause for a moment. Here is the sound of the great tit singing outside the library window. that just absolutely beautiful as soon as I recorded it of course I sent it to lots of homeschool mum friends and my own mother saying listen to this and the great tit has various calls and songs so I often get confused um, by it but now I will learn this his particular um, song and um, there are many more that I've been enjoying the song thrush first thing in the morning and I do love it. There's this sense, isn't there, of an awakening and a changing that is happening um, as we come a little bit closer to spring. I'm still enjoying the poetry of Mary Oliver. You guys who've been hanging around with me for a while will know that I absolutely love Mary Oliver's poetry. And I also love her prose, even though she wasn't a big fan of writing prose. She was often encouraged to write prose by her publishers and so I am right uh, I've read her book on how to write poetry and I'm currently reading a book of essays by her which when I finished I will share a little bit more with you but dotted throughout that there's also some poetry which she couldn't resist putting in there but one quote I read from a, a poem actually from by Mary Oliver this week said maybe looking and listening 
is the real work. I thought, how poignant, how wonderful. And I totally agree. And Charlotte Mason would totally agree, wouldn't she? Because she encouraged us and encouraged our children um, to practice and to create the habit of paying attention and the habit of, of observation and these things being woven throughout our everyday lives, whether we're in nature, listening to music, reading a book or in a conversation with somebody else. So I'm going to start off with that today, that maybe looking and listening is the real work. Here's something for us to ponder as we head into the weekend, if you're listening to this as it goes out. Um, but what I want to share with you today, I want to get really practical. I'm trying to put some very practical uh, podcasts out there, um, especially for people who maybe are quite new to the Charlotte Mason philosophy, or maybe you need a little refresher. And today I'm going to talk about living books. What is a living book? Um, how do I, how do we define that? How do I find them? Uh, and why are they important? Um, so we're going to just dig in here and see how far we get. Now, I will say, if you have a copy of Modern Miss Mason, you can read all about living books in chapter six, Treasurers of Living Books. Um, so do go over and read that or listen to it on the audiobook. And remember, I think I've told you this on the podcast. If not, I do apologize. If you go over to my website, leahbowden.com, click on where it says book and scroll down, you will see a little sign that says great news for audio listeners or something like that. And you can download a PDF of all the Mason moments from the end of every chapter of the book. So if you've been listening on Audible and you get to those kind of practical bits and maybe you want to write them down, you don't have to. I mean, you can if you want to, but you don't have to anymore. You can go and print that PDF off and then you can use those, journal with them, tick them off, whatever you want to do. So just a quick reminder of that. So what is a living book? Charlotte Mason said, we want a wider range of knowledge than the life about us affords and books are our teachers. Books are our best teachers. Bit of a tongue twister there. And they really are. And books and things, Charlotte Mason went on to talk about, are our best teachers. So this idea of education is an atmosphere, a discipline, a life. The life bit isn't about living a great life and like, woohoo, education is everything. Actually, what that means is education needs to, for our children to gain knowledge and grow in education they need to be uh, connected with living books, living things and a living education. So books are the focus of our conversation today, even though living resources does go wider than this. And I do talk about that on my Instagram and in the book. So please do dig into whatever else um, I've put out there. But I want to get really practical and I want to help you you know, discern for yourself what a living book is. Now, there are lots of fantastic lists out there and I am so grateful because I think having somebody else's list can often help us guide us in what to look for in other books. Charlotte Mason, in her PNEU programs that went out, had a set book list. And often people think that we must only use what Charlotte Mason suggested. Um, 
which sounds great and sounds like it could make sense. But actually, you know, she was alive a hundred years ago. She was doing this 120, 130 years ago, putting this information out. And um, lots has changed. If you look at the geography books, lots has changed. If you look at the um, science and all the ologies, we have progressed in our thinking and our research. And it's wonderful to tap into these older resources for historical context. But actually, we need to be looking for modern authors and modern research when we are teaching our children. And it's difficult sometimes. So modern lists, which cover a variety of topics and subjects are very, very helpful. And they did help me in my early days, kind of guided me into what I should be looking for. But the thing that happened to me a few times, and I don't know if it's happened to you, but I would get a book, buy a book from a book list, and it just wouldn't connect with my children, or I'd be really bored with it. And for us, it wasn't a living book. Um, some people find that difficult to um, to really kind of contemplate or, or take that on board because surely if, if this has been deemed as living by by somebody in authority it must be but actually my children need to be able to connect with it to be able to make connections from it with their wider learning and Charlotte Mason said you need to be able to like the book do you like it so I'm very wide in my approach to how we think about living books, how we choose them, how we pick them and what we add to our libraries. So I think you have to learn to discern what a living book is. Sure enough, try the list, sure enough, buy them, stock up on them. But when you're in the secondhand bookshop, when you're in a bookstore, when you're at your friend's house, who also homeschools, have a good rummage, have a look at those books. And I highly recommend doing the two page test. Now the two page test is basically reading the first two pages or you could read one from the back, one from the middle or one from the back, one from the end. And those pages need to grip you. They need to tell you a story. They need to tell you, they need to draw you in and make you want to read on. They need to interest you. And also if you shut the book can you tell somebody else what you've just read? That's really important because really these books that we're choosing to read to our children or offer to our children to read need to facilitate the habit of narration, the practice, the method of narration. So if I'm new to a book and, and it maybe hasn't been recommended by somebody else and I'm having a good look at it to discover, is this a good fit for our family and for our household? Then I read a couple of pages. Sometimes it takes a few more to really recognize, yes, okay, I can tell somebody else about this afterwards. I really want to buy it and read on. It's intrigued me. And um, so, you know, and I, and I go and buy it <laughs> or order it or whatever it is. So I do encourage you to do, a, you know, test the book out, check it out for yourself. Don't just take somebody else's word for it and start reading it for your children. And then you realize, uh-oh, this is not a good fit. Okay, so what is a living book? Um, here are some of the questions that we can ask um, for ourselves and our children. Do you like the book? Does the child like the book? Now I know it doesn't always engage and grip them straight and straight away if you're reading about a, a particular period of history or an area of science that 
is not uh, something they naturally are drawn towards. But if, a, if something is story driven with this beautiful narrative, then it can catch the heart of the child. Sometimes you need to just persevere a little bit longer. I think I'd always be um, conscious of how much you read uh, and how much you quickly get into conversation and dialogue and narr narration afterwards. Um, if it is a tougher book, then break it down into smaller readings. Um, so you're allowed to ask the question, do we like this? Is this, you know, are we enjoying it? Um, I think it's a very valid human question. Secondly, like I've just said from the two page test, does it leave a lasting impression on you? So could I ask you the question, what did you read? What did you take away from what you've just read? And I still to this day will test books like that. Or even in my own reading that I'm doing my own study, I will read a book and then close it and then get my notebook out and just kind of review what I've read. Does it leave a lasting impression on you? Again, not every book is like, wham, bam, this was incredible. But an impression can be gentle. An impression can be spiritual. An impression can be, it can direct you to something else. It can open a door for you. So does it leave something, a, a mark on you that kind of leads you somewhere else? And, and that's a really good question to ask. Um, here, here's something that I think is a very important part of the conversation. And, you know, parents are getting better and better at this, I hope. But can your children find themselves represented in the story? Does the story offer an opportunity to see into another culture or context different from your own? I think this is very important and not frequently taught when we talk about living books generally. But I, more and more, as I um, am finding books for my now last homeschooled child, uh, who is 12, I'm looking for uh, books for her, for her just like a free reading and fiction and just driving that interest there. I am searching high and low for books that absolutely offer this incredible window into other cultures, other contexts that are different from our own, but also books that she can recognize herself in. And I think whatever, whoever you are, whatever your family background is, whatever your uh, history and context and heritage is, that it's important. Uh, and for some, it's easier than others. And for others, it, you know, there are, we are more resourced than ever before. And I'm so grateful for that. But go searching for those books, go find the people, um, you know, who can recommend those books to you and who can help you on that journey. Uh, but let's bring fantastic truth, variety and depth into our bookshelves for our children. So can your children find themselves represented in the story? And does the story offer an opportunity to see into another culture or context different from your own? Here's a couple more really important questions. Does it keep your attention and draw you in. Again, I this is so important, not only to um, for us as parents, if we're reading aloud, but it needs to capture the attention of our children in an attention deficit society that we're living in. And I'm not just talking about ADD and ADHD. I'm talking generally 
about the society that we our kids are growing up in where they're being told you just need three seconds to make a decision on something you just need a quick video to decide an opinion or what shoes to buy or what to cook tonight and so if really our most important thing the real work is looking and listening then are we capturing the attention the heart of our children from the books that we're reading so does it keep your attention does it draw you in and and like i just said from the two-page test can you or your children tell back what you've just read to another person if you can't do that you may be looking at a textbook a, a book of facts again some children love those colorful books with facts and that's great fine have them in your library let your kids look at them at their leisure but if we're talking about um using the practices and methods of a charlotte mason philosophy then narration and living books absolutely goes hand in hand and work very very intrinsically together and so you have to ask these questions you know can can i tell back so so there are just a few things there are many more aspects that i'm sure you will add lots of people talk about looking for virtue and morals and, and looking for ideas and stories and memories and in, in, impressions from these books that we're using poetry stories fables and and literature that reflect the heart of your family values and that's important look for that but also look for windows into other people's cultures and expressions uh, and to have that discussion with your children as part of their narrations as part of their wider learning so right at the back of chapter six treasurers of living books in the modern miss mason um, book we have take a mason moment and i do list lots of different ideas here of you know i do have this whole list of what uh, how to help yourself discern learn to discern what a living book is but i also have lots of ideas around when to read when to use these books how to do this in a really cozy and creative way and how to engage your children even if you're struggling what you can do to get over some of those things and, and like i've said already just being aware of how long you read for how long you need to read for the ages of different children and um you know reading ahead making sure you're aware of what's coming up what's going to happen to that animal or that character um before it comes as a shock and i've shared with you i think before that i've learned that lesson the hard way so if you haven't got a copy of um modern miss mason just go over to my website modernmissmason.com or leahbowden.com click on the page that says book and you'll be able to download the, the mason moments and particularly look at the one from the end of chapter six um so i talk about library sales and secondhand bookshops and um i generally get my books all secondhand i've picked up books from everywhere and the thing is once you can learn to discern what a living book is once you know what you're looking for you can go to the best of book sales where books are like a pound or a dollar or whatever and because you know what you're looking for you can find absolute bargains um i do talk about at the end of the chapter as well using audio books and i'm a huge fan of audio books i often use audio and print in conjunction with each other it helps with focus and um also 
from a mother culture point of view, from a uh, staying intellectually alive, I believe that we can be listening to books often whilst getting on with um, the chores of the day or the, the uh, work of the home or reading, uh, uh, sorry, not reading, whether you're driving and about to drop off kids or pick up kids somewhere, I'll often have an audio book on the, on the go. So you can do that with children or even on your own. Okay, well, that is kind of a whistle-stop tour of just this conversation around living books. Don't forget, you can go over to um, grab that download from my, my website. And also, you can uh, go and get the book, Get Modern Miss Mason. Um, you can listen to it on Audible. You can get the print copy, or you can read it on Kindle. Um, so I hope that for those of you who are reading it you are enjoying it and getting lots from it and i hope that those of you who haven't had a chance yet will go and grab a copy this weekend and start to dig in and learn these things for yourselves well finally before i wrap up i just want to remind you about the collective community the modern miss mason members forum hosted on thinkific it is 4.99 a month four pounds and 99 pence probably around the price of a fancy coffee not that i drink fancy coffees from um from mainstream coffee shops i'm trying not to name them for you <laughs> but you you get the idea um i actually priced it at this to make sure that it was just a little bit cheaper than the suggested donation for our workshops that i used to do at pay what you can but the collective membership is basically um where everything that we do over here at Modern Miss Mason is brought under one roof. And so I wanted to hang out there this year and really get to know you guys away from the scroll and the squares of social media. So the collective is where the monthly workshops are now hosted and held, all the replays. It's also where we do a group coaching session and as this podcast goes live the group coaching session is actually this weekend it's on saturday uh, the 11th of march so depending on when you're listening to this you may have missed that or you may be able to just catch up if you come and join us i also host a book club over there we are just wrapping up our reading of pilgrim at tinker creek by annie dillard which is amazing and we have just announced our next book for next month but you have to be in the collective to find that out and the final thing I do is something called the Bronte Room. And the Bronte Room is a room for writers, not professional writers, not even wannabe novel writers, but some, you know, anyone really who'd like to intentionally um, just carve out some time and to come and do some journaling or fill in your commonplace book. Or if you are writing a novel, get a chapter down. And we use the Pomodoro technique which is basically 25 minutes of focus work then we have a five minute break then we do another 25 minutes of focus work and then we actually pause and we share um either share our work or share what we're working on if people want to um it's a really i guess the best way to describe it is that it is a digital co-working space or a digital co-creating space so you get all that plus a community page where we can chat on there. I often put links and uh, links to articles or YouTube videos to watch, just share while I'm reading poetry, all that kind of stuff. It is a brilliant place to be. So let me encourage you as this uh, podcast comes to a close today, 
next thing as soon as you wrap up this get get onto leahbowden.com click on the collective and come and join us this weekend and i shall look out for you and when you come on come and tell us when you do the introduction you don't have to do a video or anything like that you just have to type in um, onto a thread just who you are if you want to but let me know i came over from after hearing about it on the podcast all right well that's a wrap for today don't forget to listen in on wednesday for our wordsworth on wednesday series i hope you're enjoying that uh, but until then have an amazing week and i'll see you back here next friday mm-hmm.